0: We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace With The Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches And tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Hey, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Peace with the Process. Today, I have a very cool. Uh, guest on the show by the name of Dean Pullman with Man Flow Yoga. Now, Dean created Man Flow Yoga uh, as a uh, not, non-spiritual practice of yoga and a fitness-focused practice of yoga. I'll, tell, I'll let him tell you why he chose to create this form of yoga. And we also dive deeper into the concept of... A uh, spiritually void practice of yoga, as well as the just strictly fitness form of it, the uh, the over spiritualized form of it. I'll talk a little bit about you know what are some of the common perspectives. Some uh, I'm not going to go as far as calling them misconceptions, but we just get into that topic. We kind of mull that over a little bit. We give our viewpoints on you know, what we believed to be true about the exercise portion of it, and I think it was a good topic. I think we dove into some really good things. So, before we dive into today's conversation, I do want to thank each and every one of you who have left ratings and reviews for the show. It is genuinely appreciated. You have taken time out of your day to thoughtfully go through your brain and pick out words that describe how you have uh, appreciated and received from this show and it hits me right in the heart and i genuinely appreciate those of you who have done so if you have not had a chance to give a rating and review and you would like to do so i do know there's a few places that uh, some of you guys are listening on that it doesn't allow you to do to leave a rating and review if you would still like to leave a rating and review please feel free to head over to uh pen or i'm sorry uh, apple podcasts that way you can leave your rating and review there I would genuinely appreciate that. And if you're looking for more things, Peace with the Process, obviously we have episodes right in front of you that you can scroll through and listen to any of them that you would like. But if you would like more, things like articles, resources, tools, and maybe even an opportunity to work with me one-on-one, you can head over to peacewiththeprocess.com. And for that one-on-one opportunity, you can click on Create Your Peace. See a little bit about what I do and what I love helping people do in their lives. So without further ado, I bring to you Mr. Dean Pullman. All right guys, we got Dean Pullman on the show today with Manflow Yoga. Dean, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. Ready to talk. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm I'm excited to have you on. I know uh, I know we've kind of been back and forth of communication the end of last year, coming into this year. Definitely a lot of things going on, a lot of things to wrap up. So I'm excited to have you uh, on the show to talk to us about one of the things that I have kept as part of my morning routine for, I would say I've been consistent with it for about three years now. And of course, that is uh, yoga and the exercise uh, involved in, in yoga and all of that. So before we dive into some of the the great uses and uh, and why people should have this be a part of the routine, I'd love to hear your backstory. Why do you do yoga? Why Manflow Yoga as the name and as the as the focal? I'd love to hear about all of that. How that journey was for you? Cool.
1: Well, um, I started Manflow Yoga uh, as a result of an accident. I was looking for the tailor. This was 2011. At the time, I was a collegiate lacrosse player for University of Wisconsin. I was on my way to the gym and stopped to drop something off at the tailor and I was looking for the tailor couldn't find it ended up walking into a yoga studio and I had always thought about doing yoga I was intrigued by the idea of doing a different type of workout focusing on some different aspects of fitness but I had never really been motivated enough to go and so here I was in the studio I asked the yoga instructor, checking people in, Hey, this is my situation. Would this help me? Is this going to be, you know, something that'd be good for me? And she said, Oh yeah, it's going to help your core strength. It's going to help your balance, your flexibility. And I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I looked around the room and you know, there's people who were three times my age, people who you didn't look like they were in fantastic shape. And I said, Oh, God, I'm gonna smoke these people. And the first half of the I finished the first half of the workout. And I thought we were done. And they're like, we're halfway through. And I said, Oh, my God, you have to be kidding me. And so it was just a really humbling experience to and I was I've always been like, if you played sports when you were younger, and you remember the kid who was always, or and you or maybe you were a young adult when you're playing sports, you remember the guy, the athlete who was always beating people in races, like no matter what, that was me. So I was the guy who stuck it out in the last men standing competitions. I was the guy who, like, just always tried to be the most fit in wherever, whatever situation, and I usually was. So for me to be in a yoga studio, surrounded by people who weren't probably likely were not athletes and to be humbled that much by by exercises I hadn't done before was enough to convince me hey you're weak in a lot of areas this is something that's clearly going to be good for you so I kept going back uh, for those first for the first year I probably did no fewer than six yoga sessions per week so I was doing yoga very consistently i tried a bunch of different types out I, I started out with bikram yoga i usually didn't do more than two bikram yoga sessions in a day just if you've been, done bikram yoga before it's 90 minutes very intense and i was still doing you know i was still an athlete i was still doing other things so i didn't have time to do that much but anyways i tried out a bunch of different types i went to different vinyasa courses vinyasa just means flow that's that's, if you're familiar with yoga, if you've heard of a sun salutation, then vinyasa is typically based around sun salutations and the idea of going from a plank to an up dog to a down dog, and then moving through postures repeatedly. And I just tried to get exposed to different movements. I tried to learn more about my learn more about proper technique. And as I was doing this, I, I encountered a lot of difficulties and resistance. Number one, as a guy going to yoga classes as a guy who had not worked on flexibility, who had a significant, significant, significantly more muscle mass than the other people going, and who also wasn't, wasn't interested in the spiritual aspects of yoga. So as an athlete, for me, movement has always been associated with exercise or with competition. So to go into a workout and to have the focus shift to spiritual was just something that didn't really make sense to, to my background. And I was thinking while trying to do the postures and trying to make them work and thinking whether or not I had proper technique, people with the instructors were going through It's quasi spiritual kind of life advice, little segues. And I just thought "Eh, it'd be great if you could tell me what my knee was supposed to be doing here or like, what's my, should I feel this in my hip flexors or should, Hey, my back feels a little, what should I do to fix that? So it actually took me a really long time to develop proper technique because I just wasn't getting enough focus on proper technique from the various classes that I would go to. So I had to kind of figure it out for myself. Eventually, I figured out that if you are interested enough, you can hire a yoga instructor for pretty reasonable hour rate, and you can have them just kind of walk you through postures. But there were a lot of yoga instructors who didn't really know the proper technique, because it was more of a It was kind of a, it was more about the experience of the class. It wasn't just about, Hey, we're going to work on your hip flexibility. It was providing the experience. So that, that background with yoga and me coming into it as an athlete made me want to share that with other people, but also do it in a way that would be more relatable to people like me. So I started a YouTube channel. And the goal was just to upload workouts and show me kind of a, I don't like to say a typical guy, because that excludes all the other non, you know, non mainstream people. But as a guy who was used, accustomed to more traditional forms of exercise, as that guy, I wanted to show other guys who were similar to me, that you could do a yoga workout and it could just be a normal workout. So I think my, my intro for those videos back then was manfully yoga. It's yoga for guys, you know, super straightforward. Just it's yoga for yoga for guys. Just give it a shot. And I, I thought that I was initially going to be reaching people like me. I thought that and at the time I was 21, 22. So I thought that I'd be getting, you know, other Jack 21 year olds to do yoga <laughs> with me. And <laughs> That wasn't the case. Uh, When I actually started interacting with my audience, I found out that there was guys who were in their 50s, 60s, guys who for whom boot camps and other more mainstream workouts, strength training just wasn't possible because they didn't have the necessary core strength and the mobility to do it. So over time, I kind of realized that this was my brand, that, that this was, that this was who I was going to be helping. And, And at this time I was, I was, I was hustling for, we're talking peace with the process here. There was no peace with, uh, with the initial start. There was a lot of going to gyms, you know, trying to get on the schedule for 25, 30 bucks an hour for those classes and just trying to build my you know, build my weekly schedule and just doing my best to get as many classes as possible. I thought that, hey, if I can make $100 a day, that's pretty much going to be what I would make with my other terrible sales job that I had cold calling people 150 times a day, except yeah. at least I'm doing yoga now. So anyways, as I was, as I was kind of developing that, I realized, oh, these people that I'm reaching are guys who are not super fit it's guys for whom for whom yoga seems more feasible or more realistic type of fitness as opposed to strength training or opposed to boot camps or hit workouts or things like that so that's kind of how I started developing the brand and and more focused and and kind of shifted from I'm making workouts for athletes to I'm making workouts to help with office related pains, or knee pain, or back pain, or shoulder pain, posture issues, things that were much more that weren't as sexy as yoga for football players, right? Or like a yoga for yoga for whatever elite athletes. But it was it was yoga for people who were looking for yoga and couldn't find it at local yoga studios, you know, there was, if you, if, and this is also, think, think this is like 2012, 2013, back then yoga was not nearly, it was not nearly as mainstream as it is now. Yoga was still kind of weird and yoga was definitely a feminine activity. I think now, especially in cities, you don't really get the, Oh, yoga for girls. Yoga is for girls or yoga is only for, for women thing anymore every now and then i get random comments on facebook ads where it's like yo is for pussies guys lift weights i'm just like where are you where in the world <laughs> are you um but you know for the most part guys and our society is coming around to understanding that yoga is something that is not a feminine activity but despite that there is still a very large disconnect between typical yoga classes and guys who are inflexible and they're being classes accessible to them. You know, if you go into a typical yoga class and you have a guy who's never done yoga before, who's 52, who has an office job, and you ask him to do a forward fold, it's going to look like crap. He's going to be reinforcing the bad posture he has on a daily basis. He could have, he could eventually get a herniated disc if he did those forward folds enough, and he's not going to understand the proper technique, what muscles to engage. It's kind of a lot of yoga classes I found are more of a, everybody copy what's going on in the front of the room and use the mirrors to help make sure that you look like other people in the room, but don't really understand which muscles to engage, how to modify the postures. Um, and again, that kind of comes back to yoga being part experience, part workout. So that's where I kind of realized a need for presenting a more male centric approach to fitness. And these aren't just, you know these aren't just random assumptions on my part. These are these are realities. Men are less flexible than women. I don't know to which percentage of the population. That's completely true. I'm not gonna say that all men are more flexible than women. There are plenty of men who are flexible and they, they are more flexibility inclined than strength inclined. But there is a, as far as the majority goes, more men are inflexible than women. Women biologically evolved to give birth, so their hips are more flexible. Their joints are naturally more open because they need to be able open joints for processes that, <laughs> that are human, um, giving birth Namely, um, And men also have a different center of gravity in their body than women. Men are more likely to use their shoulders and their upper body their upper body mass is more in their chest, whereas women have more center gravity in their hips and in their core. And one pose in particular is is called a boat pose. If you search boat pose, it's very difficult for it. That's a very, it's a relatively simple exercise for women. If you have a basic amount of core strength, but it's something that only very advanced, very conditioned, very strong men can do. So if you if you search for boat pose, B O A T, that really highlights a big difference between men and women in terms of center of gravity. And then aside from that, we can also say that men and women have different fitness goals. I think that I think a lot of that has shifted. I think I think I think there still is the I, I think the idea that weights make you bulky is still a pervasive idea, and a lot of I just, I just think, I don't know this, but I think that's still a pervasive enough idea that a lot of women, they're scared of weights because they think it'll make them bulky. But for the most part, I think the fitness industry and the people who are relatively involved in it now understand that weights do not make you bulky. It depends on depends on the system that you're using. It depends on the reps. It depends on the tempo. It depends on if you're also how you're eating so there are a lot of things that go into you know whether or not you're going to be bulky from lifting weights but women have to lift a tremendous amount of weight there's there has to be a ton of volume involved for them to actually put on the muscle mass that they're scared of. So anyways that is to say that men and women had have different fitness goals somewhat. Uh, I don't think that's as true as it once was when I initially created this spiel um so that is different but the the difference the anatomical difference between men and women is as real as it has been and it will continue to be a reality until i don't know maybe we'll evolve in a hundred thousand years and something will happen where we don't um where we're more similar but as far as now is and for the next few thousands of years, um, men and women are going to have different anatomies. So I think that's a good enough story. I think that's, that's, that's kind of what happened in terms of my exposure to yoga, getting started as an athlete, realizing that men and women were different, that I wasn't getting the proper technique and attention modifications that I needed as a guy to make sure that I was getting the results from the yoga workouts, but also avoiding injury. And then creating a side hobby to start showing other guys that, Hey, yoga can be cool and it can help you feel great. It can help you be stronger. It can help you with your other workouts and reinforce your fitness goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I like that. I like that. So your, your approach to the reason behind why you kind of removed the, the spiritual sense of yoga is obviously different than mine. Yours was because it was taking away from the focus required for you to get everything you needed out of it in a fitness sense, uh, which I completely agree with. But I also think that there's a large portion of our uh, country. I'll just keep it to the U S cause I don't know what other countries think or whatever, but we're, we're still a primarily uh, Christian country. So for people to feel a little off put by some of the, the spirituality of yoga because I think that's I think it's based in Hinduism I could be I could be wrong I did very brief research into it um but I know that was a big turnoff feature for a lot of people have you had people come to you uh and and say similar things yeah so
1: that's actually been um that has been a frequent topic of conversation from people who are concerned that they are you know that they are somehow dishonoring their religion or not following Christianity because they're engaging in yoga, and yoga has a lot of similar tenets of Hinduism, but the idea that yoga is a religion itself is is, is a misconception. So that is something, but that is something that is a concern from a lot of people, and they see the spirituality being practiced or they see, you know, the idea of chakras and there is concern that, well, if I'm doing this, then I'm going against my religion. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how to go about convincing you um, <laughs> that it's not uh, you know, that it's not a religion, but I, I can, but yoga is not a religion. And I think personally, I think there's a difference between practicing spirituality and practicing spirituality in an organized way. Mm. I don't believe that practicing spirituality necessarily means that you are going against your organized spirituality. So, but a lot of what, yoga does in terms of spirituality is is kind of it's like it's attempting to be spiritual but for the most part it's not because you're in this setting where a lot of it is just it's not forced it's just kind of it's kind of like an act like you don't really know what the spiritual aspects of it are and so you're introducing like some spiritual concepts while you're going through the exercises mm. but never to the point where it's like and we're gonna do this and make sure that you do this pose in honor of whatever in honor of this hindu god or, or right so so that is a, a significant concern but The other but but the other part of it is a lot of yoga is not spiritual at all until they say namaste at the end.
0: Right. Like
1: a lot of (laughs) so like a lot of people get mad at me on my YouTube channel because I don't include um, because I don't include any spiritual aspects. But if I were to say namaste at the end, they'd be like, oh, he said namaste. It's fine. Everybody, it's still yoga because he said namaste at the end. (laughs) but because i don't do that then they're like oh that's not yoga this is just
0: stretching so you've had people okay that's i like that i like that you touched on that so you've had people who have tried to say that it's not yoga because there's a lack of uh maybe maybe how you name some of the poses or the words for some of the uh for some of the transitions and stuff like that like I know I've heard I've heard the term like Navasana and mm-hmm. and, and different stuff like that. Saying Namaste, so that's right. I guess that's that's one thing that I've always thought of as well is the Americanized version that we see most often today is more so directed toward the fitness portion of it. So you do you lose a lot of those terminologies and uh, and spiritual sides of it that have probably come from from Hindu uh, Hindu culture, but so. So what is, I guess the big, the big distinction here is whether or not someone wants to call it yoga or someone wants to call it exercising. If, if you would see more of those poses and you would see those stretches being done in a yoga practice, I would say you could still call it yoga. Yeah. So
1: I actually, I got mad at, I had a, (laughs) eventually had enough comments in like a, a small enough period that I wrote about this yoga now has two definitions uh, if you if you if you want to like Miriam and Webster yoga, the first definition is an aesthetic practice. One of anyways, one of them is uh a system of belief rooted in Hinduism, something right. along those lines. The second one is a an aesthetic practice that combines breathing yoga postures and mindfulness so like the 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 definition of yoga as a kind of system of fitness and mindfulness is mainstream now to the point that it is in the dictionary so there are kind of two definitions of yoga and you can you can do yoga however you want to this is this always you know this is always something that comes up you know you can you can do yoga if you want to for part spiritual reasons, you can do it for part spiritual, part fitness, you can do it for all fitness. There is enough, there are enough people now searching for yoga for fitness, that it's, it's, for the most part, it is accepted as a, okay, you can do yoga with it just being for fitness. Maybe there's a little bit of quasi spiritual talk in the workout. But it it doesn't you know, unless someone is really trying to go deep and go hard on the spiritual aspects of it, it doesn't. I mean, I was raised Christian. Um, I went to Sunday school until I was no longer forced to go to Sunday school. And then I stopped going and I have not gone back. That's not, uh, (laughs) that's not anything against, uh, I don't want to get into that. That's not the topic of this podcast. But anyways, the point is that I have a background in Christianity um, and there was nothing in classes. There was no, there's no, there's no, there's no worship of, of idols. There is no, I mean, you know, the most is saying let's own together or let's be here. Let's be present. Let's say, You know, it's kind of closing your the most spiritual you would get is kind of closing your eyes and and kind of the same atmosphere of a prayer, maybe, but not praying to anything. It's just, hey, let's all sit here. Let's be here for a moment. Let's appreciate us being together. Let's live in the present. And there's no, you know, there's no there's no organization of religion behind that. That's just, hey, let's practice let's just practice spirituality in a non-denominational way. So that's, that is the most, that is and the most spiritual that I've experienced in a yoga class. And I've been to a lot, I've been to a lot of different types. So, but I don't know, I don't know what your interpretation of that would be to me, that wouldn't be conflicting with, with Christianity, but um, I can see why some people, especially, you know, given the, given the pop culture ideas and pop culture stereotypes of you, but how it can be perceived as, as a religion, but 99% of yoga classes are, are not even going to get close
0: to what you would consider um, religion. Gotcha. And well, I think one of the things that you pinpointed on was the moments in the exercise where you go, and you take a moment to be mindful, and I think mindful being the key word because you're going through practices, breathing practices, like you said, which is kind of our, part of our second definition. Se- breathing practices, uh, you know, being present in the moment, and that sort of mind-body. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mind-body. mind-body. Mind, well, the mind-body mind, uh, acknowledgement. So, like, you're acknowledging your your body you're basically you're you're connecting your you're having a better
1: oh so like body awareness mind body yes
0: awareness. that's the, that's yeah. the word i'm looking for yes okay. mind body awareness so i think that a lot of times can be confused for uh, for the spiritual practice portion of it. But let's dive into to the mind body awareness portion of it. Is there do you do a lot of the mind body awareness in your uh, in your practice because I know your your tagline on your on your website is yoga for fitness non spiritual. Uh, so obviously I wanted to touch on that topic a little bit, but so how yeah. does the mind body awareness uh, play into your practice specifically? Mind
1: body awareness is part of the fitness. Um, it is it is the first part of it. Um, mm. When you are moving your body, when you are exercising, especially when you're doing something slow or you're doing something isometric, if you're not focusing on your body, if you're not focusing on building body awareness, then you're, you're missing out on so much. Yeah, you could stand on one leg and you could do a high lunge or you could do a plank and you could just count. You could just do a countdown, but you get so much more out of it by attempting to build more mind body connection. And by that, really, it's it's not even it's not a spiritual thing, mind body connection just means muscle activation or muscle engagement. It's a uh, it's, it's the ability to connect your brain to your muscles, it's being able to look at a part of your body and say, I want to engage that part of my muscle, or I want to squeeze that part of my core, or I want to squeeze my glutes. So the mind-body awareness is, 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 in many ways, the first part of it. You know, in, in, other, in other ways, you could just think of mind-body awareness as basic strength. It's motor control. It's, it's, it's connecting, again, I it, it, already said this, but it's connecting your brain to your muscles. It's being able to control your body. That is, that is, the, that is the, the basic definition of motor control, being able to move your body. And that's what mind-body awareness is. It, it's, it's being able to develop awareness to move, it's being able to develop the awareness to to notice your body to feel different parts of your body that maybe you hadn't felt before. And that's, that's something that most workouts don't do. And it's because you're going too fast. If you're doing, you know, if you're running, you're running. You're running as fast as you. Maybe you're doing sprints, but even if you're jogging, you're going quickly. You're not thinking, "Oh yeah, let me engage my ankles." Is my, you know, am I I really engaging my interior tibialis here? Are my hip flexors engaging? Am I glutes squeezing when my hips extend? So like, there's there's all these, you know, there's all these nuances of movement and, and different aspects of muscle activation that you wouldn't think about when you are doing faster movements that you can actually practice when you're moving slowly or not moving at all doing a static Mm. exercise, doing isometric exercise, isometric exercises are, um, and I don't want to like overload people with terms isometric just means non moving. So think of a plank, think of sitting in a squat position and holding that a side plank, Um, a Superman hold, these are all isometric exercises. So and those are great ways to Increase muscle activation. They're really good for your joints. They are in many ways, the foundation of being able to put strength on top of it. So, so mind, body awareness is just a kind of a basic level of fitness that many of us skip so that we can go to the more, you know, the more sexy stuff or the stuff that people think is going to get better results, weightlifting, sprinting, running, hit boot camp that kind of thing
0: right um so so yeah. what are what are some of uh what are some of the ways that that you encourage the mind body awareness in specific uh, poses or practices something that somebody could take immediately today and say hey i want to be more uh mind body aware what's something i can start practicing each day just to get uh, get a little better at that comes down to just
1: noticing the different parts of your body and 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 being able to apply the proper technique within whatever exercise you're doing. So let's just take a plank. If you want to build body awareness in a plank, you can just kind of do a mental checklist moving from your feet all the way up to your head. You can think are my are my feet in the right position here? Okay, let's move up to my to my shins and am I, my am I, my calves engaged. Do I need to engage my calves? Are my knees locked out? Am I squeezing my thighs? Where is my, where's my low back right now? What are, what are my hips doing? Am I, am I, you know, am I in a posterior tilt? Am I, am I, am I am an anterior tilt? Am I neutral? Is my core engaged? How does my back feel? Is my chest open now? Are my shoulder blades pulling together? Am I using my arms Are my biceps, wrapped forward? So you have to be able to know the proper technique to build the body awareness. But once you know that you can, Kind of just go through that checklist and it doesn't matter what exercise you're doing, but you can just go through that checklist and and think, okay, let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. And that's practicing body awareness. That's practicing mindfulness. It's forcing yourself to focus on something. And it's just, it's easier to do that in, for me, and for a lot of people, it's easier to do that in exercise than it is to do that in, in other situations.
0: So um, it's, it's just a, it's an ideal way to practice mindfulness. So is it something that you believe if you practice mindfulness in, we'll take your example, the plank position. If you practice mindfulness in that particular position, there should be a point where you go from when you assume a plank position that you when you first start off you're probably not all lined up and everything's probably not positioned where it should be over time you start to check in and you should be able to go from a standing position down to a plank position and have your body basically just assume the perfect position would that be kind of the overall that's the overall goal is to go from when i first assume the position i need to make adjustments and i need to to check in and through my, my entire body before until i get it right which may take you know, 15, 20 seconds up to 15, 20 breaths trying to get there. And then eventually you practice that so often. Now you can assume the plank position and have, have yourself lined up in two breaths, two seconds. Does that, does that seem like where it would lead you? That's interesting. I, I haven't heard,
1: I haven't heard, I mean, I haven't heard that being like, as, as the goal, I mean, it's definitely something that your body would adjust to. You would definitely adjust the movement. You wouldn't have to think about it as much to be able to get there. But in my mind, the goal would to be continue to be there and continue to refine, continue to look for, you know, how can I introduce a, how can I introduce something else here? How can I focus on something else? Um, for most of us, You know, I mean, think of, think of strength trainers, right? Think of people who, who just lift weights over and over and over again, right? The same exercise, hundreds of reps per week, thousands, thousands of reps, Um, you know, and they just do the same one over and over again. And it's not because they're, there's no, they're never going to do the perfect I mean, maybe they will, they, maybe they do have the perfect wrap over and over, but there's always this process of continuing to refine, continuing to improve, continuing to, to find how you can make it better. And it doesn't end. Um, so, I mean, to me, the, the focus would be on just continuing to do your best, continuing to notice the, the body awareness. Um, but yeah, definitely over time, you will notice that it is easier to get into that position right away. And, you know, that is something that I hear from a lot of my more advanced customers. They're like, hey Dean, can you shut up? I already know the proper technique. I don't need you
0: to walk me through it again. So
1: um, but so for the maybe most it's part,
0: yeah yeah, go ahead yeah No, I'm sorry. Uh, so maybe it's less of actually getting to perfect and more of consistently remaining in a state of consciousness, like consciously checking in. because like you said, because I wanted to try to find a way to relate this to something that somebody would do on like a regular basis, And how is this gonna help you A avoid injury by something you just do on a day-to-day basis? So, you know, if you go for walks, like you said, you know, walking, jogging, running is probably one of the most common forms of exercise people are trying to do to if they in an office setting. That's probably what they're doing to get exercise, walking, jogging, or going for a run. How do they do that without eventually leading themselves into injury because, I don't know, they're, they're walking heel-toe and then when, it, when they decide to go to run, they're also running heel-toe and, and you, should, you should be coming down on the ball of your foot or whatever. Form, right? Form in all the things we do. When you're sitting in a chair, like right now I'm slouching. If I practiced uh, sitting in an upright position in yoga and being conscious of how my back is straightened over time, it's not that I would sit down in a chair and immediately assume a perfectly straight back. But because I've been consciously doing it within my yoga practice, it pours over into my day-to-day life. So instead of plopping down in a chair in a relaxed state, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I've been doing, and maybe it's a subconscious thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm getting into how does no, I, how does yoga pour into your subconscious mind and yeah, yeah. help so, everything else that you do.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So um That is something that happens. The more that you practice and the more intently that you practice. So again, if you're kind of going through that mental checklist and making sure that you're doing all these things properly, the more that carries over into your everyday life. So when you're walking, you start to notice, hey, I'm being more active while I walk. When you take the stairs, you notice, hey, I'm using these muscles. I'm using my abs. When you sit, I'm going to sit up and pull my shoulder blades back and make sure that I'm sitting upright. I'm going to make sure that I'm pressing down through my hips. and I'm saying tall, uh, while I'm seated. So yes, the more that you practice yoga and the reason why it works is because there's that much body awareness involved. When you, when you practice mindfulness, when you practice body awareness and another, you know, it, it could just be yoga could be whatever you're practicing yet. It can, it permeates the rest of your life. So the more you work on your body awareness, you know, in one area, it translates over. So this is why something this is why I recommend doing, you know, manful yoga, in addition to your other workouts, because people start to move better in their other workouts, they start to use their bodies more. What's the word I'm looking for, they start to use their their bodies more efficiently because they're using more muscles, they're, they're using muscle groups that weren't as active before. So you know, guys with knee pain, guys with back pain, guys with shoulder pain. And this isn't because you know, you don't have shoulder pain or back pain or knee pain because let's say it's 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 not a character defect, it's not like a or it's not like something that's like, Oh, well, I have back pain when I exercise. You have back pain when you exercise because you're just well, to be perfectly honest, you're you're weak in the areas that help your back. And it's 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 because most of us just don't know the proper exercises to, to build. Most of us probably just don't know the the foundational exercise that helped to make our body move the way that it's supposed to. So we skipped the step of, Oh, well, let me sh- make sure that I can do a lunge properly. Let me make sure that I can do a squat without body weight. And they go straight to, well, I'm just going to start lifting weights at the gym. It's like you're, you're, it's like you're building on a poor foundation. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to build the floor and you don't have the foundation yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to build the second story and you're like, "Wait, there's no, we don't have any walls up yet. We can't do this. Uh, it's going to fall. It's something's going to go wrong." So um, clearly, I'm a carpenter um, based on that <laughs> analogy. But you know, so that's that's why people have pain. It's because they just they they don't know the right exercises to to build that essential strength so that they can move without pain. And that's, that's what I do with Manful Yoga. We create programs that help people build that essential strength that help, that help work on that body awareness that we were discussing that help work on mindfulness so that you can improve your focus. I personally, whenever I, I, whenever I do yoga in the morning, and this is something that I've struggled with um, to make a habit, but it's something that I have now been doing consistently for the past few months probably since like September. So, Eight, eight months or so now. But I know that when I do yoga in the morning, I have better focus during the day, because I have taken time to focus on just my body to focus on my breathing, focus on doing one thing. And that carries over into all of your other tasks. So, you know, in addition to being something that's great for your body, as long as you're doing it with emphasis on strength and not just stretching, then it, and you're focusing on that mind body awareness, focusing on connecting your body to your mind being able to engage different parts of your body then it's something that will also carry over into mindfulness throughout the rest of your day and physical awareness throughout the rest of your day so it's just a great practice for you know so many
0: different things yeah i agree i agree with that so um we had we had a section in here that we just that we just picked up on and i think it was the piece about the uh how, okay no I, I'm gonna pour into this question. I'm just gonna go ahead and jump into this. How long is your typical uh, yoga session? like if it's on average, how long is a is a personal yoga session gonna last or should it last or you know what are, what are your thoughts behind the length of time for yeah. a quick yoga exercise? So keep in mind that my workouts
1: are different from I did yoga without any weights for years and years and years and years. Mm. So what I'm doing now is different from what I'm doing when I was immersed in yoga. But for most people, if you can do 100 minutes per week of yoga, that's going to have a tremendous impact on your overall well being. So if you want to do that by if you want to make that happen by doing about 15 or 20 minutes of yoga a day, you can do that every day. If you want to do that by doing two longer 50 minute sessions per week, you can do that if you want to break it up into every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, about 30 to 35 minutes, you can do that. But the important thing to get started is to is really just just to, you know, I'm going to in terms of building a habit in terms of making it consistent, you wanted to find something that you're motivated to do. You know, so you want to do yoga in a way that's going to motivate you. You want to make sure that there's minimal resistance or there's minimal friction involved in the habit. So we want to make sure that it's at a time that you're not busy. It's at a time that's realistic. Um, it's a time frame that's reasonable. You know, you're not setting a goal of "I'm going to do 50 minutes of yoga a day starting tomorrow." No, you won't. There's no way in hell, if unless you're super motivated. So, you know, we have to set reasonable goals and, and build upon the established habit. So. You know, for me, my goal in the morning is to, I'm just going to do two stretches, two stretches. And if I do two stretches, great, I did my goal. But usually I do those two stretches and then I feel, oh, this is feeling good. My body's loosening up, I'm feeling strong. My posture's feeling better. I'm going to keep going, you know, and then I'll do 10 or 15 minutes. But, you know, I set the goal initially to do, I'm just going to do two minutes. And then if I'm not feeling it, I'm going to go back to what I was doing. I'm going to start my work for the day. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would suggest as far as, as far as starting yoga, you know, yes, maybe the, maybe the goal is to get to the point where we're doing X amount of minutes per day, but we just got to get, we just, we need to build the habit first. So that's what it really needs to focus on. I'm going to do one or two poses a day exercises that I'm motivated to do that. I'm capable of doing that. I know how to do and then I'm just gonna focus on that until maybe I feel like, hey, this is getting easy. I want more. Now I'm gonna add another pose. So that's 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 what I'd recommend as far as if you're trying to start doing yoga, you know, rather than overwhelming yourself.
0: Right, right. I like that. Because my next question was gonna be: could you get any, could you would it even be beneficial to st- to do yoga in five minutes or less, and based on how you kind of worded that in there, yeah, you you could get started with two minutes and do a pose per minute.
1: Well, here's the thing: that, that it's five minutes would also five, five minutes would be beneficial either way. But the other thing is, like, this is not. It's it's not. You don't have to. You have your entire life in front of you, right? Like, this isn't just something that we're going to do for three months and then quit. This is something that ideally you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. You know, I think that everybody should be taking time to work on their fitness. And I'm not, I feel more comfortable given your audience. I feel more comfortable saying this. I don't, I wouldn't say this to everybody, but I do feel comfortable saying that if you are a man with a family, if you have the income, if you have the availability, and you're not doing something to take care of yourself, you are doing a disservice for your family. Because when it comes to it, it's not going to be you who's dealing with your unhealthiness, it's going to be your family, they're going to be the ones in the hospital with you, they're going to be the ones worried about you. They're going to be the ones who are going to have to deal with it. So if you are a you are a man. If you have a family, if you are not struggling to meet ends, if you have the time, if you're watching TV for an hour a day, you have time to work out. Um, and again, I'm not going to apply that to everybody. I understand that not everyone is that fortunate. But you know, for those 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 of you guys listening who 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 do have that time frame, that availability you do need to do something to take care of yourself because it's selfish if you don't.
0: No, I agree. Um, and I know uh, I know your platforms aimed toward, uh, toward the men. Uh, but I, I have, I have a, a small, very small portion. I think it's like five to five, maybe 10% of our listeners are, are, are ladies. Uh, but I don't want you ladies, those of you that are listening to feel like that excludes you as well. I think that the entire, that it's your kids, you know, it's your kids that, that see how mommy and daddy do things. It's monkey see, monkey do for like the first fourteen years of their lives before they start making their their own decisions. So I mean, if uh, if you're affected by anything that's making you unhealthy due to a lack of exercise, that's your kid's going to be affected with it as well. If you don't want them to be affected with it, doing something as short as a two minute yoga exercise could make all the difference if anything even if it even if it does the smallest increase in yourself it will uh, leave an even bigger increase for those who see you do it that's um i think that's yeah part of the benefit and of what happens here
1: and what i guess i was trying to get at with um initially before i went off on my spiel um <laughs> is that you're not you, you you know you you have a lot of time to develop this habit. Ideally, this is something that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life, every day. So if for the first three months all you do is one minute per yoga, one minute of yoga per day, or two minutes of yoga per day, but you get into the habit of doing two minutes of yoga per day, that's huge because now you have this 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 you know just like brushing your teeth, just like waking up and drinking water or or making coffee. Now you have this part of your day where you do two minutes of yoga and now we have that anchor in place so that we can build upon it so that we can make it more so that we can go up to five minutes. We can go up to 10 minutes. Maybe we get to the point where every day we're doing 15 minutes and it doesn't feel like a chore anymore. It's something that is just part of your day. That feels good. Something that you're motivated to do something that you're used to do. Um, you know, I, something that I've currently been pondering for the myself is how we have a very finite lack of energy to do things and that any sort of change requires a significant amount of energy. So, you know, if you make the goal to do something that you don't have the energy reserves to do, then it's not going to work out. So if we can figure out how to do the things that we want to do in a way that requires minimal energy, then it's not so much, does that thing have an impact on me immediately? But hey, does this thing... Have the potential to, to grow to snowball into something that has even an even more significant impact, and I think that's how you need to look at change.
0: No, I love that. Yeah, because I mean, and it can be something as small like like I said, you know, relating it to a daily a daily activity. Maybe you live in an apartment complex, and going up the stairs has been getting progressively worse as you as you age, and uh, you know, didn't deny your. Your posture and your and your uh, exercise, it could be something as small as that that makes going up the stairs easier. That makes carrying groceries up to your uh, up to your apartment easier. It could make getting out of your your low to the ground car easier, you know, or at least prevent you from being from getting to a place where one day that nice Ferrari that's t- two inches off the ground that you'd like to have, you can afford it, but now you can't get in and out of it. Uh, because, yeah. you know, the the posture and the exercise was neglected uh, throughout your entire life. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So I do have, uh, I've got a question that I ask pretty much every guest, and I'm going to give it to you in two parts, because you kind of, you have an area that you specialize in, which is uh, yoga and the exercise. What is something that you do in your own yoga practice that uh, maybe you feel is just something unique to you, something that, that just you do, because it It does something for you maybe it's something recent maybe it's something you've done since the start uh, but something that you do consistently in your in your yoga practice uh, that you think other people would benefit from doing themselves
1: well the thing that's special about my yoga practice is the thing that's kind of special with with the way that i teach yoga which is teaching you how to build strength while doing yoga postures most yoga postures the way it's taught is get into this position and hold that position with your body I focus on getting into that position and then teaching you how to actively engage opposing muscle groups teaching you how to make the exercise more effective teaching you how to in, engage more muscle fibers in an exercise and it's it's and, and that's what makes my yoga practice unique is that I'm focusing on not just holding a posture but also how do I develop strength within this posture how how do I how do I not only focus on flexibility here, but how do I add strength to flexibility? And, you know, this isn't something that's, that's, that's unique in terms of fitness, but in terms of applying that to yoga, it is something that is relatively um, unseen. I won't say relatively, it, it is something that is mostly unseen in, in other types of yoga. Yeah. So that's what makes my yoga practice special. and And that's, I mean, that's what makes manful yoga, um, that's what that's why people notice such dramatic differences from manful yoga workouts, as opposed to doing typical yoga, because typical yoga is stretching passive movements, manful yoga
0: is focused on strength and mobility. Right, yeah, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of pull from that, uh, and say something so another way of phrasing that, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be that you're consistently looking and for areas that you can add resistance in order to strengthen yourself.
1: Sure, yeah, that's 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 one way to, yeah, because I. That's like that's one way that you can think about it.
0: Yeah, I, well, I just that was kind of what what came to me as you were saying it, and I pull that out not only as a uh, uh, as a as an amazing lesson and practice that you do for your own uh, Man Flow Yoga, but in life, you know, I talk about how we listen to these stories and these things that, that you guys do that everybody does that we listen to uh, and, and pull out some type of a bigger life lesson. This can not only be applied to a yoga practice, but looking for areas that you can consistently add resistance with the purpose of becoming strengthened in those areas is, I mean, that's, that's kind of like a life goal for a lot of people is just, that's, kind of what peace with the process is all about is looking for areas in your life wherever that may be in your relationships self health or wealth that you are uh in. that that's the full posture right like that's that's your whole life that's the that's four main areas i personally believe Mm -hmm. that's your that's your posture but then you've got areas within that posture that that need to get some resistance so they can be strengthened i like that a lot so my my second question was going to be, and I have to, I have to say you can't use yoga because I know that would probably be the, the no-duh uh, answer to the question, but what is something you do daily, uh, daily, weekly, monthly, that, or even yearly, just something that you do consistently that you feel helps lead to your personal growth um, as a person, and maybe it's something different than what you see most people do?
1: I check in and I take time for myself. Um, so that's, that's, that's the first thing is I check in and I take time for myself. I make sure that I make sure that at the end of the day, I've at least had some time to sit down and process things. And that could be just sitting out right now. The weather's nice here at night. I sit outside and I just sit there for 15 minutes, stare at some trees. I love trees and I just sit there and I just, you know, I kind of allow my, my wind, my mind to wander. Sometimes I'll float in and out of practicing meditation. So that's that's something I, I make sure that I take time for myself. But the other part that I that I that I've started doing is I try to acknowledge my emotions more. Um, you know, something that something that men are taught to do is you know inadvertently or directly is to avoid your emotions be stoic we need to get things done you know don't don't cry don't be sad don't don't do these things and i have realized much more so over the past year that there is and i even literally this this morning i was thinking about it that there is just a there's just this massive um disconnect between where i am emotionally and where i am in terms of my professional goals and where you know where i would you know and, and I think it's so important that people need to be more in touch with their emotions, not because they need to, not because I'm not saying that we need to be emotional in public or that we need to be emotionally responsive, but that we need to give time for those emotions to be processed and that they need to be, they need to be peeled back and personally explored if that means you're doing it with a therapist and you have someone you can talk to who can help peel back those layers in a non-judgmental way to help you understand what's behind those motions that's great but if you don't have that and you're just writing in the journal you know, why am i so upset about this what what are the values what are my values at play here that are making me so sensitive to this issue or or what's you know what let me really get to the bottom of this emotion and, and, and explain it um, or be able to understand it because, you know, this, this helps this self-help stuff is, is great. It's motivating, but it's not enough to overcome emotion. So, you know, if you're not processing things emotionally, doesn't matter how much self-help or self-development content you're getting into. It doesn't matter how much, you know, tim ferris crap that you've read and you're not that tim ferris stuff is crap sorry tim um but if you're you know if you're listening to tony robbins if you're listening to all these motivational people um and you're not processing things emotionally in your own life it, it, it doesn't matter it's because because logic is easy but we are ultimately emotional beings And we use logic to justify emotions much more than using logic to convince us emotionally. So, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself emotionally, then you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to do the things that you want to do. Okay. So I got you taking, taking time to take care of yourself. um, However, that looks and, and even if it's like, and I'm a busy dad right now, right? So I'm, I get to work from about 930 until about four, I work out for an hour. And then before that time from 630 until 930, I am taking care of my son. And then from when I get home, from five o'clock on, I'm taking care of or putting my son to bed. So I don't have a lot of time, I have minimal time to get things done. Um, But I still try and find, Pockets throughout the day where I can take some time to myself and make sure that I'm processing things. Make sure that I'm taking time for my personal well-being outside of fitness, not mm. just working out, because that's separate from your your mental and your emotional well-being. So, um, and kind of just like just like starting yoga with just one pose a day. Maybe it just means you sit outside for thirty seconds. Maybe it's just the act of going outside and sitting by yourself, and then coming back in immediately. But just getting that process or getting that kind of habit started is what's going to help lead to more, you know, significant, um, significant time for yourself.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And, 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 and deeper, uh, deeper kind of self-analysis because when you spend that time to just sit there and reflect, you're opening yourself up. Cause I like how you, you spent a good portion of that talking about the emotion involved in things. Well, if like you said, if we're, we're spending a lot of time gaining all of this self-help information, it's, it's topographical, right? Like there's no, you're just getting insights based on what this, uh, particular professional knows based on his studies. And he, this is what he applies to, to this one particular thing, right? Well, you can take that and you can say, okay, yeah, I can, I can apply that to my life. But it may not actually apply to specifically what you're going through. If you don't allow yourself to actually dive down and find out, okay, is this something that I'm doing just because I think, Oh, I need to, I need to improve and Oh, Hey, this would be great because I need to improve there. But is it what you really need to improve? or Are you just improving to for, for, uh, improvement's sake? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I think there's any, any time that there's like a, like I should be doing this. Right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you kind of use the phrase I should be doing, right. there's not really there's not enough motivation there to really want to do something and there's all and there's there's usually a there's usually a a sense of this is being not forced on me, but this is being pressured upon me. Like it's not something that I really want to do. I know it would be good for me, but I really don't want to do it and if there were no outside forces, I wouldn't care about it.
0: Right, like so, obligation rather than desire,
1: right, so yeah. you know so yeah there's there's a there's a lot of forces at play in terms of what you what you really want to do, what you feel, what you feel extrinsically forced to inspire or whatever to do, and then how much actual willpower do you have, how much energy do you have to to do, you know, w- w- whatever, how, how how much energy is left over for you to implement and, and which of these things can you actually go about doing? Yeah. So um, you know, it's really easy to bite up more than you can chew and say that I'm gonna do all this and this and this and this. But then in that process, you're like, oh, well, I'm giving all my energy to these things. Now I don't have energy to be patient with my wife. Now I don't have energy to be um to be patient with customer service. Now I don't have energy to be patient with um with 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 making sure that I make dinner or something like that so yeah you know um it has to be done it, it, uh, there's i don't have a conclusion conclusion statement though but there there's a lot of things that can that need to be considered in terms of in terms of change and in terms of existing obligations and
0: right 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 absolutely i agree i agree i've Genuinely enjoyed going into these different insights. I think we've, we've definitely gone uh, down the road around the corner and uh, explored some backcountry style ideas uh, based around yoga and where that conversation has taken us. A lot of times I find that our conversations don't always stick on what it is, uh, that, what, what, what the main thing is, because there's so many other things at play that help make that main thing uh, run and, and what inspires that main thing. So your main thing is Manflow Yoga, but there's so many things at play that inspire it. It's the thoughts that go behind it. It's the perspectives that all play into it. And I'm glad we were able to actually explore a lot of the things around it um, instead of just saying right in the center. I've really enjoyed that. But I know everyone here also is intrigued about yoga or they're more informed at the very least and maybe they want to get to know more about it. Uh, where can they go to stay up to speed with what you've got going on, digging a little bit deeper to some foundational ways to get started, et cetera, all for you. Sure. Sure. So if you're super motivated, if you're like,
1: I need to do something with my life, um, that was a bad way to say it. If I needed to do something (laughs) for myself, if I need to do something for my fitness, my wellness, and I'm motivated to do it, I have 30 minutes per day. I can do this. Then I would say. Take my take my challenge. I have a six week challenge that is, that has been nothing short of dramatically improving overall fitness for the thousands of people who have taken it. That's what I'd recommend. It's called the strength foundations challenge. It's a six week course, daily emails that hold you accountable, all that good stuff. It's just $9. It's a $50 program that we make available for $9 to get started. It also comes with access to my entire members area. All my workouts, all my other programs, and entry into our community. So if you're feeling motivated, that's what I would say. If you're not feeling that motivated, if you're like meh, I want to do like 15 minutes a day, or um, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to get out my my wallet yet. Then I would invite you to take my free seven day challenge. And this is a just a week's worth of workouts. All the workouts are on YouTube. 15 minutes, um, easy to fit into your schedule. Still the daily emails to hold you accountable. No credit card required. It's just a great way for you to kind of get exposed to, get exposed to the unique style of yoga that I teach with Manful Yoga, and and by the way, we do have about ten to fifteen percent of our customers are women because they also just got fed up with the quasi spiritual yoga world, and so it's fifteen minutes. Um, learn the style of Manful Yoga. Actually, notice the results of your workouts immediately because you're going to feel better. You're going to move better within your first few workouts. And that's just what we hear over and over again. So you feel better, you'll have more energy for the day, you'll be more focused. And you'll learn a ton while you're doing it. So that's what I'd recommend. It's a again, it's called my seven day challenge, manfullyoga.com slash seven DC. And for that previous challenge, I mentioned, if you're really feeling gung ho,
0: manfullyoga.com slash special. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dean. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show and I look forward to seeing everything that you guys have going on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. As always, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Pullman. I think that was a pretty good conversation. I enjoyed it. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily answer everybody's questions. Uh, I may have a few, but at the end of the day, I'm comfortable with my terminology, my viewpoint on the topic. Dean is obviously comfortable with his as well. There may be some people out there who are not comfortable in the uh, in the practice of yoga, but I, I just want to take a second here to give you kind of my standpoint because we listened to a lot of, of Dean's feedback. Obviously, I gave some of my feedback as well, but one thing that I wanted to kind of touch on is my understanding of it, right? So when we talk about conflicting Conflicting beliefs, uh, conflicting you know, spiritual practices. I'm just going to give you my take on this particular subject, and uh, allow anyone who has any questions or thoughts on the on the topic to to reach out to me. So, I want I want to put it this way: if if there is a culture out there who they have a set of religious beliefs that is uh, opposite of Christianity, let's just put it that way. And one of their cultural practices is, and maybe it even ties into spiritual practices, and I'm not pinpointing anybody out in particular, but this is just kind of something that that, that I think is, is easy to coincide with. Let's say that one of their practices is to remove their shoes before going into the house. Maybe there's a spiritual reason behind that. Uh, maybe it's just a cultural reason. But whatever it is, as a Christian, I'm not going to, if I decided that I want to have a shoeless household... I'm not going to be worried about whether somebody perceives me removing my shoes before I go into the house as being uh, sacrilegious. It's <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I don't, give, I don't give any power to the practice. I'm not linking that physical process of removing my shoes and setting it to the side with any other, uh, any, any other practice or, or, or spiritual relationship. I hope I hope what I'm saying is coming across uh, to you and what I'm trying to say is you can do an exercise. So if yoga involved push-ups, every Christian out there is not going to all of a sudden stop doing push-ups as part of their regular exercise. But if there's a conviction, maybe you've had a past, maybe you've had a history with yoga and there's been some tie to the spiritual sense of it and it's been something that that you have felt convicted to make sure that you separate yourself from it by all means separate yourself from it Uh, find other ways to exercise find other sources of people to exercise with if you're one of those individuals and you're looking for something that was similar in exercise but completely void of all spirituality that may have existed in it i believe dean would be a good source of information, a good source to go to, because you're not going to have to worry about having that sort of tie. So that's one of the main reasons that I had him on the show today. I uh, definitely think that that's a topic of conversation I wanted to have. I'm sure that it's been out there for other people who have wanted to have similar conversations. So some of you may have not even thought about it before, but now it's something that you think about a little bit, wherever you fall on the topic, on the subject I enjoyed today's conversation, and I hope you enjoyed it too. I certainly want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Peace with the Process. And if you haven't had an opportunity to let me know how you've enjoyed the podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. I have genuinely enjoyed every rating and review that has been passed over. Those of you who have spent time to sit down and write out your uh, just your 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 feedback on the show, what you've liked about it, maybe uh, some of your some of your own suggestions, etc. Whatever it is, I've genuinely enjoyed that you've taken out time out of your day to to write up how this show has helped you in one way or another. And I'm very proud to say, everyone who has rated the show and reviewed the show views this as a five star show. We do not have a single rating below five stars. I'm extremely appreciative of that. I thank each and every one of you for showing me love and support. I love and support all of you as well. If you would like to get connected so we can show love and support to each other simultaneously, you can check me out on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, of course, Peace With The Process is the uh, the podcast page, and you can check out my personal pages. as Blake Gann, uh, and I believe, I believe it's Blake W. Gan on Instagram. I didn't pull it up before I did the spot on this, so that's my fault, but I wanted to thank all of you for that. Several of you may have seen some activity on my socials and wondered what is Blake going on about with this whole values, uh, time management, uh, creating your piece, daily processes, hashtag my process, hashtag my piece. What is Blake talking about with all of this? Continue to follow what I've got going on on social media and you will Get a, uh, a you will start to have a deeper understanding of what I do and why I do it. And if you would like to learn more, you don't want to wait, you want to go ahead and dive deeper, head on over to peacewiththeprocess.com. And you can click on "Create Your Piece." It's not very far of a scroll down. You can click on "Create Your Piece," and you can actually find out a little bit more about what it is that I do. Um, I would actually I actually work with people in regards to creating their piece with the process. I believe we all have this vision of where we want to go in life. I think a lot of times we can sometimes get a little complacent. We can sometimes miss out on the intentionality behind what it takes. To get us closer to not only where we want to be in life, but also what we want to be in life. And that doesn't just pertain to your career, it could pertain to your character, the type of person you view yourself to be. I believe we all have what I call a movie montage scene in our heads. This is that scene where you envision yourself going throughout your day flawlessly, going from one activity to another with energy and enthusiasm and you've got different activities that are in, that are in your head like you know you've you have this vision and it's different from anybody else's vision at least in one way or another but is what we're doing today in this moment is it getting us closer to that vision or perhaps have we gotten complacent have we lost some of the intentionality now sometimes that's no fault of our own things just come up they happen sometimes we get very uh, involved and intrigued in one area of our life. That's why I put a lot of emphasis on the value areas. A lot of times we get really caught up with our wealth in life. That's our work, what we do for wealth, what we do to fund all the other things in our lives. We can very much get caught up with that and just get busy, you know? And sometimes we can fall into that complacent category and perhaps we're just not really satisfied with what we do for our wealth, what it is we're doing to fund our Other things in life, and we end up spending a lot of time with, you know, friends and family, and we miss out a lot on our personal growth, our personal reflection, our health, and some of the wealth that we need to obtain in a way that fulfills us so that we can fund all the other great things that are going to grow us into the person we envision ourselves being, into going to the places we envision ourselves going. And overall becoming and existing in this movie montage moment. I believe, I truly believe, that if we line ourselves up with our values in life, that we can achieve that. And if you're interested in what that looks like, what it might look like to work with me, head on over to PeaceWithTheProcess.com and click on Create Your Peace, and you can check out more details there. Again, thank you all so, so much for being dedicated listeners of Peace with the Process